1: Hello and welcome. My name is Ami Kassar, founder and CEO of Multifunding. Since 2010, Multifunding has helped businesses achieve their biggest growth goals through creative and personalized funding solutions, working with hundreds of lenders across the nation. Joining us today is Ian Golf. Ian is the owner of Golf Tents and Events and Perdone Rental, both full-service party and event rental stores through Central Kentucky. I mean, topics today will focus on his story about managing an event rental business through the pandemic and what he learned. Welcome, Ian. How are you? Tell me everything, buddy.
0: It's been a fun few years. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting to be in an industry that relies on social interaction uh, when when the state and the country goes on lockdown and there is no social interaction. But it, it's it's been an interesting twist for us. Luckily, we were able to survive and thrive. We've gone through an
1: acquisition
0: during this period and gone from no business on the books to being up over 50% this year. So it's it's been an exciting time.
1: So let me start from the beginning and share with the listeners a little bit about your background and your history pre-pandemic. All
0: right. So um, my father started our company in 1985, just a small mom and pop party supply store. Uh, mainly focused on bounce houses paper goods costumes things like that in the early 90s he kind of branched away from that and went into uh, more of a tent heavy industry doing tables chairs corporate events fairs festivals things like that and also started a manufacturing division Um, obviously i've grown up in the business my whole life and in 2004 i started full-time as a manager and i've been here ever since
1: so who's your core customer in the old days, at least who, who, who are you serving?
0: In, in the old days, it was primarily university work, fairs, festivals, um, church functions, large outdoor functions with thousands. You know, we, we were mainly into those larger scale events. Um, we did music festivals, things of that nature. Uh, when the economy, that 2008 to 2010 period we had to make a hard pivot because those things all went away basically overnight and really focused more on the wedding and the private sector Um, in Kentucky everyone has a barn, so that kind of became the the new trend of where to host an event of course if you're doing outside that really opened up the the doors for you know tables different kinds of chairs that farm Rustic kind of look that became popular through that period. We were able to get in the forefront of that which really helped us establish our our brand as as being a a partner that planners and individuals could turn to for those type of items. Um, Since then, the corporate fairs festivals have started to come back, which has been nice because we've been able to pair those two, two segments together to really grow the business.
1: When before the pandemic started, give us a little bit of a flavor of how many employees you had, how big a company you were, inventory, et cetera.
0: We were um, probably running about 20 full time. You know, we were very seasonal. So we would go up close to 40 during our peak season, kind of that May through October, doing probably a little 1.75 to 2 million, just depending on what was going on those those years, the way things fell really heavily on the tent side of things um moved into a lot of different type of decor table chairs we dabbled a little bit in uh, in in-house floral design and planning and things like that
1: and then the pandemic hits and how do you feel
0: that was probably the worst first few months of my life Really go from looking at 2020 thinking that it was going to be a record year we had more jobs on the books going into 2020 than we had ever had before a lot of large-scale events were coming back even bigger than they had been before the seasons were opening up we were getting an earlier start into the season which was really in- enhancing what we thought we were going to do our Inventory that we were going to be purchasing for the year. We were actually in the process of an acquisition before the year was beginning And then literally in one day The bottom fell out every phone call we got was a cancellation I mean, I remember one time I was driving to a a site about 45 minutes away For a $300 job just to have work to do And in the hour and a half it took me to go there and back I had $80,000 in cancellations and didn't get the $300 job. So it was a pretty low time. So what did you do? You know, just kind of put pen to paper and thought about who could use our products. And uh, we started calling businesses that were gonna do check-ins. We started calling doctor's offices that might need chairs that could be easily cleaned. Uh, We reached out to everybody that we could think of, Lowe's, Walmart. And then luckily we got in um, with the university on some testing sites and that moved into some hospitals. And at one point we probably had about a third of the test sites in the state of Kentucky. And then things really started to open up when FedEx and carriers like that needed expanded space because everybody was buying stuff online. And so we wound up with about eight long-term rentals of large tents that they were using to store the product in because they didn't have space in there. And that's actually continued through current times. Not all of those are still up, but we still have a fair portion of those tents that have been in the air since early
1: 2020. The PPP and all that, just how did those, talk about those first few weeks and all the pressure, the tension, and sure you started to pen to paper and pivot, which is amazing, and not everyone was able to do that. But how did you keep your employees? Did you let people go? Um, did you take the government funding? What, what did you do?
0: We did, we took advantage of every opportunity that was presented to us. And, and like I said, we were in the process of an acquisition and we were working with you and, and Fran and we were about to close on our 7A loan. And that gave us some assurance that that acquisition actually fell apart, but that gave us some cash flow opportunities to, to move in some different areas. We were able to maintain our entire staff. We had some people that decided to work remotely from home who were able to do that in certain positions. But yeah, we we just took advantage of the opportunities that were in front of us. Tried to educate myself on what was available, what we thought we could do, how we could structure our finances. I was thinking, you know, best case scenario, we might drop our revenue down to 25% of what we did in 2019. And so I realized we had to get our expenses in line with that. And so we took what we thought that would be, made changes everywhere that we could, took advantage of the PPP that helped us maintain the payroll. And then as we were able to start getting jobs on the books, it allowed us to expand out from that number that we thought it might be at.
1: Ian, what you're describing is remarkable. Sounds like you were cool-headed, you pivoted, you acted like an entrepreneur, you're on top of your numbers. You kept your people intact. I bet that's not the typical story in your industry.
0: No, it's not. And it, it sounds really good when you say it that way, but the way I remember it, I stayed up a lot of nights, not sleeping and crying in the mornings, trying to figure out what to do. Um,
1: I know, but you did it and you kept it together. And yeah. my our, question our, for you is what, what about you do you think is different than other people that made you allowed you to be able to do that?
0: You know, I, I'm very fortunate that I'm part of a, a business analysis group of nine other business owners that are in the same life path that I'm in. They have the same business model that I have and that we were able to talk to each other on, on a daily basis and, and, hey, I'm trying this. If you all tried this, hey, I'm doing this. And we were shooting ideas back and forth and And it was a, it was a very dark time in our industry. You know, there was some some very good operators that aren't with us anymore because they either weren't willing to make the changes that needed to be made. They weren't prepared for it or didn't have that, that support system. And I'm very fortunate for those people that were around me that helped me get through that time. I wouldn't have made it without them.
1: I think peer groups were absolutely essential throughout that time. No no doubt about it. Is that what kept you going? Do you think? What kept you going? What did you find strength through all that? Because the leaders, the entrepreneurs needed strength.
0: Definitely, that's part of it. In my family, you know, I, I draw a lot of strength from my, my wife, my four children, uh, my father who started this, my stepfather, my stepmother. You know, I, I have a great support system of people around me, great resources, uh, my in laws, people who have just been. Very successful in different walks of life and to be able to bend their ear and talk to them because they've seen things that I haven't seen and, and to be able to ask them questions and, and what do you think and what would you do and, and to pull those answers and bring those things together gave me some assurance that when I made a decision that it was based in fact and it wasn't just a hunch
1: so What's different about your business today than when the pandemic started?
0: Well, we did we wound up the first acquisition fell through and we wound up making a uh, one that was probably much better for us in August of 20. And the company that we acquired had a very different product mix and customer base. So like I said, we were primarily fair festival end user and this company was very tabletop linen, a lot of their customers were planners, caterers, and venues. So that opened up a lot of doors for us, um, opened up some different opportunities, our, and opened up our eyes to different ways that we could take our existing product and put that into different places and take their product and put it into our operation. So blending those two together gave us a lot of new possibilities. And then the biggest struggle is just it been staffing. You know, we, we were very fortunate to maintain our core staff through COVID, and we've we've made a few key additions. But the, like I said, we would have had 20 to 40 people in 2019. This company probably had 20. So the math says we should have run last year with a minimum 50 people. We grew 52% as a company and did it with 27 people. So that that's been a huge challenge for us.
1: Anything you would have done differently the last two two and a half years looking in the rearview mirror?
0: Hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure I could have made better decisions somewhere in there. Something that would have impacted things differently. Maybe got out ahead on um, hiring earlier. But like I said it, at the beginning of of the pandemic, we didn't know what was going to happen. Didn't know if we were going to make it through. So going out and and looking to hire. Key talent as it became available and there was some people who called in resumes that came across my desk that would have been phenomenal assets to our business, but I just wasn't sure enough of where things were going, that we were going to take those on. So definitely, I wish I, I would have made those, those moves then. But again, I just didn't know how things were going to look six, eight, 10, 12 months down the road.
1: Looking three years out into the future. What do you see?
0: I still think there's the demand is going to be high for our industry for our story and our market in particular I think staffing is still going to be very difficult and trying to be creative in how we schedule things and that that's been a, a change that we've gone before it we basically took everything on and, and we thought of ourselves kind of as a volume dealer took on every job we can get And now we really try to look at the schedule and look at the key customers, the large scale events that we want to put on the books and then leave holes there for those last minute things and really allowing ourselves to focus on the profitability of every job versus building profit through the volume of jobs once we've hit that break even.
1: Ian your story is inspirational. I commend you. You're standing tall and standing strong and you've been through hell and back and look where you've come out of it. So uh, many industries got hit differently during COVID and some stood up, some operators, entrepreneurs stood up to the challenge and some didn't. You stood up to it. So God bless. Thank you very
0: much. Thanks for joining us today on Ami Sites with your host, Ami Kassar, the foremost SBA thought leader. Make sure you visit us at multifunding.com where you can meet our advisory team and learn more about how we help entrepreneurs fund their future.